Welcome to another edition of Mondays with Manny. It's Monday! Well, we already said good Monday thanks to my children. That's who you saw on the camera there. So good Monday, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mondays with Manny. I'm, of course, your host, Manny Rodriguez. And this is a live cast. I have a live audience with me today. So, um, and so... If you're watching the recording, really appreciate your time watching the recording. Uh, this is a live cast and we're discussing common problems organizations face and how to deal with them using the science behavior. Um, and so special thanks, of course, to Business Science Magazine, our main sponsor, 305 Publishing, uh, the OBM Alliance, and my colleagues at Bono Ventures. Um, so since, like I said, a live cast, we'll do a Q&A with those that are here in the live audience at the end. Uh, that won't be recorded. That's just special for you folks joining me live. And uh, for those watching the recording, uh, thank you again for watching and stay tuned for more episodes. All right, so enough of the formalities, let's talk. So uh, today's topic, I, um, I wanted to bring to the table uh, a little bit of the science of human behavior in the workplace called organizational behavior management in regards to implementing major projects, small, medium, or large projects for companies, whether you are in whatever industry you're in, Typically, uh, there are improvement projects going on, right? So in the uh, education world that I'm familiar with, um, in the schools, they have what's called school-wide improvement plans, SIPs, right? And so SIPs are essentially, in the context of other industries, they are change management projects. They are asking people to either do something different or they're implementing some type of improvement efforts on an IT level, like a systems process level, new software, new computers, new whatever. Maybe it's actually structural, physical changes, like new construction projects. And then last but not least, of course, if it's an improvement project for a company, whether it's the education industry or not, most of the time they're looking for some type of better results, whether it's in the schools, maybe it's better grades or better uh, retention levels of teachers. Um, maybe there's other things like IEP programs in the schools. In the, um, in the non-school sector in manufacturing, for example, it could be productivity improvements, it could be safety improvements, what have you. And so because we are talking about common challenges, one of the main challenges is a lot of these change efforts and these major projects, they, send, they tend to fail. And they tend to fail, or at least they don't get all of the results they're looking for, for a variety of reasons. And I'll, I'm going to give you kind of the, the main ones, like the top three or four. Um, typically, it's a lack of clear purpose or direction. So there's a lack of clarity in terms of what the end goal looks like, how we're going to evaluate that success, uh, and, and ultimately, what is the purpose of the change? Uh, some people have it in their mind. Some people don't even know it. And so the change starts getting implemented. The improvement project's underway. But people are questioning it all the way through the project. So that's not good. So that's one major reason why change fails. Another one is there's not concrete policies and procedures in place, right? Because how to actually execute the change. And so in many cases, the change may be clear on why we got to do this. However, how we got to do this is usually kind of left to the devices of a few people to figure it out. And so, of course, that leads to a lot of chaos and confusion. Um, the next one is a lack of preparation or, or, or getting people ready for the change, right? So this is where you see a lot of training and development of managers and supervisors, training for the employees, uh, even the tools and the, the equipment that people need to execute the change. So that really becomes a fundamental reason why change effort fails. There's just not enough preparation involved. And then finally, the last one that, uh, that I see often enough in the literature and in my own experience of why change effort fails 
Well, in the science, we call it the, a lack of positive reinforcement. There's just a lack of consequences, of positive consequences for people to, uh, to experience during the change. So they're basically going through the motions, doing the change effort, the project, the improvement project, and they're not contacting any positive consequences. They're not accomplishing anything. It's a lot more work. It's a lot more effort. And they're frustrated as anything. So, so why am I talking about this? So that's, if those are like the typical reasons change efforts fail, well, in the context of science, we want to prepare people to be successful. So some colleagues and I, a uh, long time ago, we wrote an article called The Five P's of an OBM Project. And OBM, of course, stands for Organizational Behavior Management. That's my subject matter expertise. Uh, OBM, simply put, it's the science of human behavior applied in the workplace to drive some positive change. That's what OBM is all about. So... This article, it's actually um, uh, a part of the blogs of Chief Motivating Officers, a company I, was, I used to be affiliated with, and uh, the five P's of an OBM project are really geared towards helping people organize and shape their improvement projects so that they ultimately can be successful. So when I go through the five P's, it's probably not going to come as any surprise, given what I told you I think are the main failure points of change efforts. So the first P in the five P's is purpose. Purpose and purpose stands for uh, the vision statement of the project. What's the vision of it? What's the end goal? And it's in the world of business, we call it the business case for change. So it's it's describing in detail what is it and why we're trying to do it. What are we trying to achieve at a high level? Uh, so the ultimate goal. What are the business results that we're track that we're going to be collecting data on to to see and evaluate the change itself? What are the goals and are they SMART goals? And finally, what are the specific behaviors we want people to engage in in this change? And that's all wrapped into the word purpose. That's what I mean by purpose. And if you think about that from a motivating standpoint, we all want a purpose of what we do, right? So if you ever do a lot of work and you don't really see the point and you don't have a clear purpose of it, then that that's going to wear out pretty fast, right? Fatigue's going to kick in, reinforcement's going to send you to do something else. So we want clear purpose in change. The second P is policies. And this doesn't sound as fantastic, right? In terms of change, you want to get into it, right? But what we've learned about business, any industry really, is that you need to have a clear policy in place that's going to help the change actually be done. Um, now, policies, of course, that typically starts at an executive level, right? That's usually the upper management that are defining the policies. Um, policies, again, are a guide that help guide the way people are going to make decisions, right? So what's in, what's out, what's within our scope as a company, as an organization, as um, if we're in, it doesn't matter what industry, what, what's our guiding points? Uh, policies are also intended to be enforceable. So if you think about behavior change, it gives people the guardrails of how, how, we are, um, how we are behaving in the workplace, right? So policies help guide our thinking and also make sure that there's some enforceable teeth in there if somebody goes off the rails, right? They, 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 they go off the beaten track of what the organization says is acceptable. So when you're thinking about a change effort, like a school improvement plan or a major manufacturing project or a construction project or even maybe like a big merger, policies really help set things in motion after you set the purpose of the change. So make sure you always look at your policies. The next one, of course, after policies is procedures. So that's the third P. Now, procedures are the how to do things, right? So it's the literal sequential steps, right, that help people understand here's how we're going to execute work that's related to our policies that help us achieve our purpose. 
And typically you see procedures in a number of different formats, right? You probably have seen them all, right? There's some process flows that are boxes and circles and diamonds, right? There's step-by-step -step instructions in a multi-page Word document or something like that. And then my favorite is the, 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 the manual in a binder that's on somebody's shelf, literally on a bookshelf. And then they have to pull it out and go through it. So all of these things are intended to do one thing, and that is to influence the behavior of the people that have to follow the procedure. So it's really those how-to guides, right? And they're very important, especially for a change effort, because if people don't know how to do it, they're going to flounder, they're going to get frustrated, and they're going to lose sight of how are we supposed to execute towards achieving that purpose. All right, I can keep going on and on about procedures, but I'm not going to. The next P is about preparation. So now you have your purpose, you have your policies, you have your, you have your procedures in place. You can't execute yet because what you need to do is prepare people on all of those changes, right? So to prepare people, organizations far and wide have done a number of different things. I've broken it down into four main things. The first one is communication. And there's an old saying in change management, and I wish I knew who to quote, but I really don't know how to, who to quote. Uh, so don't quote me, just take, put anonymous. But it's communicate, communicate, communicate. There is no such thing as overly communicating during a major change effort. If you're really trying to rally people around a change, and people are normally just kind of nervous about change, communicate, 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 even if the only thing you have to communicate is things are, seem to be going pretty well, no change really right so in in companies they do things like kickoff meetings town halls ongoing meetings as well that's all those vehicles those modalities of communication the second one is training now this goes without saying if people are not properly trained for what they're being asked to do they're going to flounder and in the behavioral science we know that there's great technology out there called behavioral skills training which is all about direct instruction modeling practice and feedback, right? And so those components, that's great instructional design for anything you're trying to train. And so the bottom line is in a change effort, in a school improvement plan, in a manufacturing project, in a, in a new construction project, whatever the change is, make sure there's good solid training so that those skills are developed. The third one is materials. So this is around things like job aids, task lists, checklists, things that are like physically in people's hands. So when they go to execute that work that you're asking them to do as part of the change, they're prepared. They have the stuff with them and it has to be useful stuff. It has to be things that do not cause a great deal of effort for them to do that. So we find that in behavioral science literature, that's usually a big missing component. They don't have the stuff with them to actually do the work that we're asking them to do in the midst of the change being implemented. So make sure they have what they need. And with materials also comes technologies. And we always like to talk about technologies in two respects, hardware and software. So hardware is like the hard, like computers, IT machineries, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, software is two different softwares. One is like the software for computers, but we also talk about software in terms of like soft skills, like interpersonal skills, making sure that people are prepared to coach each other, give each other feedback, make sure if there's any conflict, how do they resolve conflict? All of those facets of soft skills will be coming into play in any change project. So if you're gonna work with other people in an, in an organization to make some change happen, focus on some soft skill training as well. 
All right, and then the last P, again, should come as no surprise, is positive reinforcement. So this is everything that happens when we see the behaviors that we're looking to achieve in the change. There has to be some positive consequences to it. And those positive consequences should be so powerful that it's going to encourage the behavior to happen again and again and again. That's positive reinforcement. So we look for things like what's happening after the behavior happens, recognition, rewards, is there any kind of gratification for the individual to to achieve how immediate versus delayed is that reinforcement so are they going to be able to experience those things the same day the same moment they do the behavior or is it going to be days weeks even months before they experience it we got to know that stuff how consistent and predictable is reinforcement so if you're like me you want to know that you're working towards something you can predict it's going to happen right you're going to predict that you're going to achieve that positive result and if you can't predict it with certainty and it's not consistent man you're just going to feel like why well, what am i working for here so we want to make sure it's consistent and persistent and uh, predictable and then last but not least we want it to stick right we want it to sustain and there are certain different infrastructures and in businesses that help us sustain those kind of accomplishments and and positive reinforcement experiences. And typically they are things like your HR infrastructure, performance management, job roles and responsibilities, job descriptions, those kind of things. Your finance system, so where the budget dollars come from, right? So we gotta make sure that whatever we're gonna try to improve today, we can actually see it again next year in the budget dollars, right? Um, and then of course there's management, supervisor training, and training for employees as well. All of those kind of mechanisms should be coming into play with regards to your positive reinforcement efforts and your change efforts for the long term. So that's the five P's of an OBM project, according to myself and some colleagues. So that is purpose, policies, procedures, pre uh, preparing, and positive reinforcement. And any change you wanna do, whether it's a small change for a single individual or a group of individuals, you want to see uh, maybe a moderate change where you're looking at it across departments or across, uh, you know, across individuals, um, or you want to do a major change, right? So whether it's a school improvement plan for those in the education area, for those that are looking at uh, working as a, consul uh, a consultant, maybe it's multiple clients, right? Or multiple departments within a client. And if you work for a company, maybe it's multiple units or multiple departments. That's a major effort. And you want to make sure you have all of your T's crossed, and your I's dotted. And these five P's are just simply help uh, there to help you with a structure approach of, of implementing a major change. Purpose, policies, procedures, preparing, and positive reinforcement. So with that, uh, we're going to end Mondays with Manny with that. Uh, there's some great science behind that, some great literature. Uh, uh, and if uh, you read the article uh, uh, called The Five P's of an OBM Project, and I'll put the link in there for everybody, um, we cite references to where those those five P's come from. And there's a great body of literature, books and, and research articles, et cetera, that really um, kind of help hone all of those different elements. Um, so with that, Mondays with Manny, we're gonna say goodbye and uh, good Monday to you. And we will see you next time.